May be long, cold, and dark, but the perfect antidote is a quick, warm, and bright podcast. You've come to the right place. Grab a hot chocolate and your favorite sweater. Here's Andre. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and even periodically off-topic episodes, most of which will come to you on a Friday, open line Friday, but today is Wednesday. And this is episode number 278 for Wednesday, January 5th, 2021. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And incidentally, you can always watch my segments by clicking on the Watch Fox 8 tab at the very, very top of the page of weatherjazz.com. But remember, I am now on at 5 p.m., and 6 p.m. in those two hours, the 5 to 7 p.m. block, so 5 to 6, 6 to 7 Eastern Time in the United States. Well, I'll tell you what, we have a jam-packed program for you today, all kinds of interesting things happening. But the very first thing that I'm very excited to tell you about is that we now have over 60,000 downloads in season two. And right now, as of this recording, Weather Jazz has been downloaded 60,410 times. So now let's shoot for 70,000. I'm not sure when we'll see that. Hopefully very, very soon. I'll let you know when we cross that landmark. Let's make it 75,000. And even 75,000 for the next landmark that I let you know about. But it's a very exciting time on the Weather Jazz podcast. Okay, we're going to dive right in because we have a whole lot going on in terms of weather. Now, we just recently had a pretty big snowstorm in the middle Atlantic states. And you saw what happened on Interstate 95, I-95, just south of D.C., where traffic was snarled up for more than a day because of all of the jackknife trucks that essentially blocked all of I-95 in both directions, oh, about 40 or so miles south of Washington, D.C. There were people that were literally stuck in their cars, running out of fuel, running out of things to eat. And uh, so they abandoned their cars uh, in the very same fashion of the uh, blizzard of 78, if you remember that, in the uh, Boston area, where the same thing happened, where people were just running out of things. They were essentially stuck. They couldn't go anywhere, literally with drifts and mounds of snow surrounding them. So many of the occupants of those cars in D.C., did the same thing that the occupants of the cars during the New England blizzard uh, did in 1978, and that is to go walk for supplies and to go and find a place 
to warm up because they were running out of fuel in their cars. Okay, who is the winner? As best as I can tell, the heaviest amount was Huntington, Maryland, 15 inches of snow, Ocean City, New Jersey, over a foot with 14 inches. There might have been some others that went over that figure, but suffice to say, it was well over a foot in a swath across Virginia and across parts of Maryland, Delaware, and also extreme southern New Jersey. So where are we in terms of national snowpack? It's one of the figures that is interesting in the fact that I mentioned on Monday Over 50% of the lower 48 had at least one inch of snow on the ground, 50.5%. And that's the highest amount we've seen on that date in six winters. And where are we now? Well, now we're going down because the the sun has come out and melting uh, some of that snowpack. So on Tuesday, we were down to 46.8%. And today, Wednesday, we're down to 42.0%. That's likely to go back up, though, in the next few days because of a very strong cold front now surging across Ohio. And we're going to see those temperatures begin to dramatically tumble. And with the wind direction out of the west-southwest, it looks like the south towns of Buffalo are going to get nailed with one to two feet of snow beginning tonight and tomorrow. And as the wind shifts to a more west-to-west-northwest posture over the lake on Friday, that'll probably drive those bands into the greater Cleveland area, points east on Friday morning. So we could be looking at a very interesting Friday morning commute. And when we all get together on Friday right here on Weather Jazz, we could be in for an interesting episode indeed. Now... Let's talk about December because we had some interesting December stats in terms of snowfall. But let's look at three major areas in Northeast Ohio. And just in case you live in Northeast Ohio, obviously these numbers would mean a whole lot more to you than anywhere else. But uh, let me dig into first what we know about Cleveland's December overall. Fourth warmest on record and third, least snowy. But we know from the last segment that number one and number two, least snowy, only had a trace, and that was back 1923 and in 1931, way before the Industrial Age started. Uh, But a couple of other cities in the Northeast Ohio area, Akron-Canton, the airport there, third warmest on record, and second, least snowy on record, And in Mansfield, whose records really don't go back that far, but still interesting to note that they ended up third warmest and the least snowy, with only a trace of snowfall for all of December in Mansfield. All right, one more note. I received a wonderful email from Rose Moore, supporter of Weather Jazz, and she is a writer indeed, a writer in her own right, uh, and she has uh, posted many articles. She used to work for newspapers, etc. She's also a pilot, by the way, a former pilot. She's uh, not current by any stretch, but uh, she was piloting out of Concord uh, Airstrip in Northeast Ohio, and that's a tough place to fly in and out of because it's a very short runway. At any point, I belabor 
her email. And so let me get right to her email. She emailed me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. I encourage you to do the same. And she says, still thinking of last night's bright crescent moon as it was setting in the eastern sky. So slender was it and so bright that it looked like the Lord had etched it with an ultra fine point, magical glowing bright pen. I did not leave the window until that moon was down out of my view. And then I was already missing it. What a great email and painted a wonderful picture. I did see that very, very thin crescent moon. In fact, several of our webcam time lapses caught that crescent moon going down from the West Yaga High School Chesterland webcam, just to name one of them. And I encourage you, if you see something noteworthy, weather-wise, atmospheric-wise, or otherwise, email me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, and I may share some of your observations right here on Weather Jazz. We'll take a quick break right here. When we come back, we'll delve into a topic that we really don't talk about all that much, especially in the winter months. That's your hint and your tip. Coming up right after the break. And we're back. And I told you that we're going to be talking about a subject that we really don't talk about all that often in December, January, and February. Not so much that it doesn't occur, but it doesn't occur in the northern states all that much. However, in the southern part of the United States and in other parts of the globe, they are talking about this topic. Can you guess what that might be? Talking about lightning. Well, obviously, in the wintertime, we don't have very many thunderstorms. Periodically, you can get enough instability over Lake Erie and the other Great Lakes to cause or hear thunder snow. In other words, enough instability in the snow squalls that you actually get some lightning discharges. Nowhere near as frequent as in a thunderstorm in the summertime, but you do get that periodically anyway. Well, in 2021, the final stats are in. There's a lightning detection company that specializes in that kind of thing. Visala, V-A-I-S-A-L-A. Visala does a lot of detection of lightning. And their equipment essentially detects lightning Using spherics would be one way. That would be the static that you hear on the AM radio band and and just below. It really picks up as you head south or to the lower end, just out of reach of the AM band, right around 530 kilohertz. And in addition to spherics with a number of antennas all across the United States, they use triangulation then to figure out where that lightning bolt from the spherics struck the earth. And so they are pioneers in this from decades ago. They just compiled the 2021 lightning report. And uh, it's probably no surprise that you would likely surmise that one of the states that really sees a lot of lightning, Texas, 
But first of all, before we go on to a state-by-state basis, the entire USA in 2021 saw 194 million lightning strikes. And the number one state for the number of lightning strikes, remembering that this state covers a lot of territory, would be Texas. Specifically, Texas saw 41,914,516 lightning strikes in 2021. However, we need to consider the capital of uh, lightning and the capital of thunderstorms. That would be Florida because of its shape. It's essentially a giant peninsula. And when you have the diurnal heating, which causes a sea breeze to develop, not only on the east side of Florida, but the west side of Florida. Well, those two sea breezes converge right in the middle in the spine, and that's frequently where thunderstorms will fire up in the summertime in particular. And so it's no surprise that Florida is number one in the number of lightning strikes per square mile. In other words, lightning density. And so every square mile of Florida averages 223 lightning strikes per year. And that is a whole lot. Well, I'm going to post some interesting photos on weatherjazz.com, episode number 278. The maps come from the Visala Report, And uh, I will provide a link so that you can actually look at the report. It slices and dices all of the lightning data in a 40-page, yes, 4-0-40-page report. It's uh, really quite fascinating. I'm just giving you a a couple of the highlights that uh, broke the surface of the water, so to speak. Now, in terms of the world, there is a world map that they posted And it does appear as though there are some hotspots for lightning even greater than the hotspots seen in the United States. And they would include places like the Korean Peninsula. Go check out the map, weatherjazz.com. And you'll also see a very intense hotspot for lightning in Central Africa. Now, there's one more interesting map that I'm also going to post uh, thanks to Vaisala. And that would be the lightning anomaly map. What is that? That's actually telling us how much more or less lightning every single county in the United States saw compared to what is normal. And it's truly a fascinating map. So it essentially shows you the hotspots, no pun intended, of where the lightning struck more furiously than normal. And there's one area that really is of great interest, and that would be Michigan. Uh, Much of Michigan, especially from Saginaw Bay almost into Detroit, down to Kellogg and down to just north of uh, Gary, Indiana, there are a couple of bright red counties in a cluster which tells us that obviously last year, Michigan saw a lot more in the way of thunderstorm activity compared to normal. A couple of other interesting hotspots include southern New England, in particular, the Berkshires of Massachusetts down to Connecticut, and then cutting west 
along Interstate 80 through Pennsylvania and then down to just south of Youngstown, Ohio. A couple of other hot spots, a cluster down in southern Texas and also the desert southwest in particular. Southern California, a couple of really super red counties there in central Utah and essentially all of the desert southwest. They saw quite a monsoon season last year. And as a result, quite a bit of lightning, much more so than usual. Where were there fewer lightning strikes than normal? That would be almost the entire West Coast, from California all the way up to Seattle, including all of Washington and Oregon State. And we also have a lot of blue counties in the upper Midwest and the Northern Plains extending down to almost Dallas, Texas, and then cutting across through much of Kentucky, Tennessee, and also the Carolinas. I'm spotting one other strange anomaly that uh, you will see again on weatherjazz.com. I'm going to post this uh, on the website so you can see for yourself. If you look at Georgia, much of the state, generally a little below normal, there's one county just one right smack dab in the center of the state that is super bright red. So it's a strange anomaly, much above normal compared to the rest of the state, which was a little below. Check it out, weatherjazz.com, episode number 278, and you will see for yourself. Well, 2022 is here. So I would imagine maybe you've got a resolution or two I generally don't do resolutions per se, but I do often at least examine some of the habits that I have, some of the things that uh, I could cut out of my life to make more efficient use of my time. And I'd like to let you know that while I do monitor certain social media websites like Twitter and Facebook, However, I'm no longer posting on Facebook or Twitter. In fact, I have totally removed all of my content on both of those platforms. So for now, anyway, and this may change with time, but for now, I am posting at least periodically for those of you interested on Gab.com. If you have a Gab.com account, uh, watch for me there. Follow me there. And uh, periodically, at least for now, that's where I'm going to be posting. But you will not find me posting anything anymore on Twitter or Facebook. And an interesting side note, it's only been a handful of days. However, I have found that I've had a little more free time. Now, if I spend that free time wisely, maybe let's say in things with greater eternal value, Um, that it will have been a great exercise, at least for me personally. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, social media, by email, by word of mouth, my favorite way. As I always like to say, over the fence, eyeball to eyeball is the best way. Hey, if you have a question or a topic suggestion or you just want to say hello, you can always email me. Reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. But you can also leave me a voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. 
The telephone number is 234-525-5888, 234-525-5888. Dial carefully and listen to the prompts and leave me your message. Well, get ready, folks. It's going to get cold really fast tonight and into the day Thursday. And it's going to last all the way into Friday for those of you who live in Ohio. And if you're listening to me from the south towns of Buffalo in the Buffalo area, oh boy, this is going to be an interesting next 24 hours for you with a band of very heavy snow coming in off of Lake Erie. It'll stay north of the greater Cleveland area until we get to Thursday night and Friday. And that's when some of the snow bands will start to edge southward into Northeast Ohio, the traditional snowbelt communities. So there's a quick little analysis of the next couple of days for those of you who like listening to weather jazz from Northeast Ohio. Tell your friends and let's grow the audience together. We'll see you on Friday, open line Friday, with another cool, great, and hopefully interesting open line Friday edition of Weather Jazz. We'll see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Just